Hey everybody, welcome to episode 167 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. This is the one where we talk with Kristen Lascola about our last month emphasis of women in youth ministry and get her insight, reflections, and some conferencing ideas and insights that she dropped at her latest venture. It's super great. You're going to enjoy it. But before we get to that, we had a contest and we want to announce the winner. So ladies and gentlemen, for those that enter the Women in Youth Ministry giveaway, I want you to meet the random, lucky, and wonderful winner that we had the pleasure of calling. This is Rachel Galarnu. Well, my name is Rachel Galarnu, and I'm the youth pastor at First Church of God in Greenville, Tennessee. And I've served there for about two years. Uh, before that, I was the youth pastor um, at Kettering Church in Kettering, Ohio. I always knew that uh, since I was in high school that God was calling me to ministry, and I just really wasn't sure where uh, until I met my husband, and um, he was a ministry major in college as well. And so um, we got married, and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be a pastor's wife. This is exactly what I'm supposed to do. Um, but then we started serving with an outreach ministry at our church, where um, a mother had gotten saved at a block party and come to know Christ. And so she started bringing her kids and their kids started bringing their friends. And it very quickly snowballed from about five kids on a Wednesday night to 80 within like three months. And I just fell in love with these children, with these anywhere from like fifth grade all the way up to 18-year-olds that we were ministering to every week. And I felt God saying, this is what I made you to do. Now, just go ahead and do it. It doesn't matter if you're the woman. It doesn't matter if um, you are not, quote, quote, supposed to be in youth ministry. This is what I want you to do. And so, you know, after coming through some personal struggles and trying to realize what God was telling me I had to do, and I couldn't really run from that that role anymore, I just was like, okay, I'll do it. And that's kind of how I got started in youth ministry was just by helping out on a Wednesday night outreach program. Well, I mean, when I was in high school and everything, like, I knew no women pastors at all, ever. And so coming to the point where, like, I actually am a pastor and am ordained, and even though our like, our movement recognizes women in ministry, I didn't know any. So it was a very scary thing to do. And, you know, you fall in love with those kids. Thanks again to Rachel, our big winner, for her year of Youth Ministry Booster membership and a year subscription to Pop Sugar, her favorite subscription box. So much fun. Thanks to everybody who participated in the giveaway. It was so much fun to host that over the month of October. But it's November, and so we're looking forward, and we're super excited. We're going to be at National Youth Workers Convention in St. Louis, and we'd love to hear from you if you're going to be there too. We're going to be hanging out at the booth, hanging out in seminars with our friends Carl and Will, and having a big old party. Saturday night. So if you're a Youth Ministry Booster member, you already know all about it. If you're not, get in the know by checking out youthministrybooster.com to learn how you can become a member of an amazing network of care for youth ministers. All right, time to get to the good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Lascola taking us home, talking about women in youth ministry, present and future. Hey everybody, welcome back to another special and final installment for our October 2018 Women in Youth Ministry extravaganza, celebration, party. Uh, She's back. She back. Kristen back, y'all. And so we are so excited to have our very own Kristen Lascola. Hey, Kristen, uh, it's been a full month. We've heard a lot of episodes of podcasts this month, and I need you here to bring it home. I need you to bring it home. I'm going to get out of the way today, ladies and gentlemen, and I want you to hear from Kristen about all things women in youth ministry as we have celebrated and encouraged them all month long. So Kristen, 
what do you think? You heard some of the episodes? What do yes. you think? What do you, what, where, Let's what, just start saying best month ever. Best month ever. Love it. October 2018, <laughs> best month ever. Best month ever. ever. Killing it, ladies. Wow. And I and I think a lot of the women in youth ministry have either mentioned it or, you know, they feel this way. But you can start to kind of feel like a novelty. Mm. And you can start to kind of feel like I'm the only girl in youth ministry. Yeah, and it's of, like, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, because you're the only one you see consistently. But man, social media opening that up. And then this month of podcast just making you realize there are women all over the place killing it and churches supporting mm. the ministry they're doing. And um, I think just starting there, knowing the fact that you're not a novelty and you're not alone, and um, it's kind of validating, yeah. you know, for sure, to see um, other women around the world or around the country doing it when you feel like I'm the only one I see regularly. Right, right. You get that kind of like, like tunnel vision of like, I guess it's just me out here. And which which we talked about on the pre-show a little bit, like that's – that can be like vocation ending for some folks because if you don't have that I mean we've heard this from several women throughout the month like like the quality of the network around you is in many ways the defining characteristic of your longevity like every woman that came on the show and shared about youth ministry that's still in it at some point said there was a group of people a group of peers in youth ministry that held me up that poured into me that supported me and carried me through and so I, I hope more than anything that like that, like we know that's true. And maybe just keep like blasting that message that like you need people in your life that understand your call to youth ministry. So when you feel like you don't, someone else can speak for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, the coolest thing now is, you know, when I first started, these Facebook networks didn't exist. These podcasts, there weren't really, you know, and um, I remember reading like group magazine and seeing an article by Brooklyn Lindsay and yes. like my heart like jumped out of my chest and I, I stalked her. I wanted to know everything about her. Like, where do you live? Right. What kind of church are you at? Like, cut and, the article you know, out, put it up on the cork board. Yes. This is who I want to be someday. Yeah. And it was actually, I mean, I'm saying it like that, but it was actually kind of true. And I think the one thing that stuck out for her kind of to speak into what you're saying is the longevity through, um, you know, displayed in her ministry of how long she had done it. And I thought like, oh, well, well once I'm a mom, my ministry is going to be over. And I saw her raising two girls and doing ministry and being platformed and um, sticking in there. And I thought, wait, I don't have to quit, you know, after right. I have kids and she's doing this and making I'm not this short happen. term to this. Right, right. Right. <laughs> And it was so exciting to see someone who had gone before me and, and done that. But, you know, she, and she's still in the game and yep. she's still doing incredible things. And I follow her and love her. I'm definitely a fan, but it's cooler now. Fast forward, like what I've coming up on my 15th year, once yeah. January hits, it's like I have so many women that I can look up to and look into their ministry and, you know, partner with because, um, we just have more access to, to look at what people are doing now. So, um, but it's definitely impactful, you know, to know that we're not alone and we're not novelties and, um, you know, it just has challenged me, you know, in my own ministry too. Like my number two is a female mm. currently, um, you know, but that's the first time 
in a long time that my number two has been a female. I've had a lot of number twos who are guys, and I'm looking to hire a guy, if you know anyone around San Diego. I need a guy, um, you know, to balance uh, our staff for sure. Which I love that you're saying that in the other way, because when we talked with some other folks this month, everybody's on the quest for like, we need like a girls minister for our team. Like, you know, any young ladies for our team. I love, I love that. Like that's even like the other side of the conversation. That's great. Yeah. And she is a beast. She's killing it. And I'm looking for guys, you know, I have a few guys, um, that I can platform, but you know, the thing I think that is super challenge, like I'm being challenged with is, um, you know, those people do exist. If you're really, I think as a leader's, willing to put in the effort sometimes that it takes to bring someone from good to great and from a manager to a leader, mm. you know, and where we can see people as, um, outside of their roles. Like for example, I have a volunteer and he wants to do youth ministry. He just got started. So I'm kind of watching him and seeing like, man, is there a night I can have him share his testimony and kind of like just, uh, you know, watch intentionally yeah, uh, yeah. with with what what are his gifts, or is there a project that I can give him and see how he does? And you know, um, I think I think that can work for for it's not gender specific. So, is there a girl in your ministry who it's like, dang, like what are her gifts? If I were to give her something, but I think as leaders, you know, we really have to be willing to put in that that grooming that training, that intentionality with them Mm -hmm. because very few people, guys or girls come to us ready-made. Oh, I'm ready to take over a youth ministry. I'm ready to speak. I'm ready to lead a game. I'm ready to lead a trip. They're not ready to do that, but who are the people that we um, can bring alongside us to platform? Because, um, you know, I've always been taught in youth ministry the best youth ministers are the ones who give their leadership away. Mm. Um, And the best leaders are the ones who make more leaders. So I think we can fall into this excuse. Well, I just don't have a guy or I just don't have a girl, but it's like, well, are they there? But they just need um, some intentional training, um, some intentional life spoken to them. You know, I would have never, ever applied to be a youth pastor. I didn't see those gifts in myself. It was somebody who identified them and was willing to put in the work with me to see those gifts come to fruition, you know. And now it's our turn to do that for others, for sure. Well, and that's that's the thing I, I, that I want to hear more from you because that's, I think, where the tide turns is how do we as, as, as ministry leaders, men and women, serving, leading, uh, part-time, full-time, volunteer, whatever, like how do we look out into the room of young men and women, like youth or, or, or uh, like college age, like well, our students, our students kind of now and, and, then, and then next. They are the church now and they are the ministers in the next years. H- how do we begin to like call out of them into this because we, we we see this as like a, a tide that could turn like in the same way that you talk about about what brooklyn has meant i think now like there's there's probably you know hundreds of of women that we could talk about so instead of like it just being a few it's it's grown so how do we continue to to see that um, um how do we go continue to see that, especially for our young women? I think that's one of the things for, for both this month and both for the future of youth ministry. I mean, so many of our youth ministries are made up of more young women than young men. And so how do we faithfully and truthfully mm-hmm. call out from their midst young leaders into the ways of apprenticing ministry? Yeah, I think um, 
I think we first have to be thinking about it, you know, and always watching, you know, who a, a, a new leader who is uh, ready to be a director, youth pastor, or whatever, is not just going to come knocking on your door because if they were, they probably would be working at a church <laughs> right, somewhere, right? right. So <laughs> I think like we need to be watching and paying attention for um, natural gifting because um, all the spiritual gifts listed in the Bible are addressed to brothers and sisters, by the way. So all of the gifts, whether it's teaching, leading, whatever it might be, um, I think sometimes we see those as masculine gifts, but those are, there's no gender distinction in the gift list as far as I can see. So um, I think we need to watch with an intentional eye for those people that are coming up in our ministries for those gifts. And then it's I really believe it's our responsibility um, to seek opportunities on their behalf and seek opportunities for them. I think that's the mark of a good leader and a good coach leader. Um, you know, what can they emcee? What can they lead? What um, curriculum can they design? With your, of course, you're watching and helping and coaching. You're you're not uh, just you know letting them run with it the first time. I've had some youth pastors push back on me about that. Well, how do you make sure the content's good and theologically sound and all of that? It said, I said, before anybody gets up on that stage, you know exactly what they're going to say, right. but it takes the intentionality, you know, beforehand, before any correct... It takes a little extra work, right? It does. And it's not super... I mean, it's not rewarding on steps one through 10, but you know, you get to the point where when they can fly a little bit on their own, it's extremely rewarding, but it's that work on the front end. So, you know, where can they, um, you know, share their testimony? Where can they write some curriculum for you that you edit and go back with them and talk about? But um, yeah, I think sometimes... I've heard youth pastors, you know, especially male youth pastors say, you know, I would, I would have a girl teach. I just don't know of one, you know, but it's, but speaking as a woman in youth ministry, (laughs) I have seen uh, a lot of guys get opportunities and have gotten coaching and have gotten poured into because somebody saw something in them or was willing to take the time with them, but they started out pretty green and pretty novice and um, they became something because someone believed in them and somebody took the time to mentor them. And I think that's where we as women get stuck a little bit is because we don't have the person who's going to take the time to mentor us, to refine our skills, to pour into us, to coach us, to be relationally intentional with us. And so for me, like I said, Brooklyn, like let's be best friends and you don't even know, but you know, I'm totally, you know, woman crushing on you. (laughs) Um, And I think it's just that much harder. So now that we see so many women coming up in youth ministry, you know, I would really challenge male youth pastors and woman youth pastors. Where are we being intentional with? Maybe it's an ex-student. Maybe it's a college student in your ministry. Maybe it's a graduating senior, but um, it's amazing what people can do when they're poured into intentionally and their gifts are refined and they're given opportunities when it's when it's called out of when it's called out of them, I think that's the thing that's so so different is that like um, or it, 
so much of the conversation that's changing is not that it wasn't already happening. We're finally just giving it the space to to be shared. Like we're finally just turning the lights on in places that it was already happening. You have students that are already quality leaders. They're leading in school. They're, they're assistant managers and managers at their workplace. Why are you relegating them to sitting in chairs waiting for you to teach, talk, lead, whatever? Like, And this is not just a plea for student leadership. This is a plea for intentionally inviting them, especially the ones that profess to be called to youth there's so many women that shared this month that when they were younger, they felt the call and some didn't know who to talk to and some were questioned when they shared the call. Be a youth minister that affirms the call of ministry in the lives of your students, all of them where you see it, all of them where you hear it. And then in affirming the call, invite them to and be intentional in inviting them to calling them out to higher levels of leadership, because that is usually where it shows up is when it is asked. And I think for so many of us, we don't ask. And yeah. so therefore we don't get and yeah. we wonder why. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, I think we can all look back or not all, but a lot of us can look back on our entrance into ministry through an ask, you know, and, um, and I just love, you know, those girls who have felt that call, um, you know, and I always love that quote, we can't be what we can't see. And so to have your female students and male students see women regularly leading, regularly teaching. And I'm talking about the whole group. And, you know, I know um, people feel differently about that. And I love those conversations. Um, you know, I've received pushback on that before, but um, I I would love for the spiritual development of both our male students and our female students to see women in teaching roles, women in pastoral roles, women in leadership roles. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, like you're our women's director. So anytime the girls all get together, like you're going to lead that. I'm talking about it's, I think, super important spiritually to see women leading the entire group. And there's a couple of books, yeah. like if anyone's out there like, whoa, what are your teaching heresy kind of stuff? Cause I know there's like that group that definitely <laughs> believes that, but, um, Gender Roles and the People of God by Alice Matthews completely. If you're a woman listening to this, please read that book because it absolutely changed my life. And she is like a brilliant mm. theologian. She's an older lady in her 80s, but she is, her ministry is unbelievable. And I usually, when I speak at conferences about this kind of stuff, I always quote Alice Matthews, um, Gender Roles in the in the people of God. And then the other one is how I changed my mind about women in leadership. And that's like this compilation book with all these different essays and the one Alice Matthews writes in that one, and it's written by men and women. Um, but the one by Ruth Haley Barton um, is unbelievable. So she's my new uh, woman crush at the moment because she says, um, I mean, it's just a gold mine. Uh, it's like four pages in the book that are like gold mine. Ruth Haley Barton is. She is the real, the real deal. deal. Yeah. Love that lady. She is. She is. Oh my gosh. She, the way she talks about spiritual journaling makes you feel as if both it was the <laughs> thing that you weren't doing that could change your life. And yet at the same time, like it is it, it, not just change your life, but give you your Whoa. life back. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's all, I'll link, I'll link to that book too. It's like the art of spiritual journaling or something where she just like the way that she describes it is like when you're feeling dead, 
this is the thing that will revive mm-hmm. you. Like, and it like, as, as someone who like really appreciates like the written word and writing and reading. Yeah. Oh, she's so deep. Good. She's so written a lot. I, one of the first leadership books I read was by her strengthening the soul of your leadership. I read it like forever ago, but she, yeah. So those two books, I mean, they just give such a good perspective, especially if you're the kind of person who's listening and you're like, sounds really good, Kristen, but then you're having that theological hang up. That's, um, I know exactly the verses you're thinking of at the moment. And I feel like I am not like a debater by sport or anything like that. That's not my deal. So I would just encourage you to read those, um, just to, perhaps see see a different perspective and maybe get rid of um, or see that theological hang-up that's been dripped into your mind um, for a while to see it in a different mm-hmm. light to kind of free you up um, to utilize women without that little like, uh, am I, you know, because for the longest time, I couldn't even introduce myself as a pastor. And that was my title because mm-hmm. I didn't want to offend anyone inside or outside the church. and. Um, it was because of that cultural and theological drip I had heard my whole life. And these books, the ones I mentioned, really freed me up to be like, oh my goodness, I was missing so much of the narrative of God's word. The other one is The Blue Parakeet by Scott McKnight. That one, he just goes through the whole entire Bible of, you know, in order to get the full picture of what God intended for gender, you have to read the Bible as a story, you know, and you have to take into account, well, Deborah and Huldah and Miriam and Priscilla and Phoebe, how we have to be able to explain those passages in light of the first Timothy and the Galatians five. So he said, he makes this great full circle of you can't ignore certain parts of scripture while upholding others. And what is God really trying to tell us through Genesis to revelation regarding women? And it was just it's fascinating. And if you're a woman in ministry, it kind of lets you out of the cage. You know, I can finally introduce myself as a pastor because, um, not because Mm. it's my right, but it's the responsibility God's put on my life, um, to, to lead. It's your call. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing that I have really been challenged by is, is who are we to question who God calls? And And I think that is, that that has got to be no matter what your theological disposition uh, or your particular like reading of scripture. Like if 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 someone stands up and says they have been called to serve God and have faith in Jesus and they feel empowered by the Spirit to serve alongside in the church for the kingdom, like I I would sure hate to be on the wrong side of that and say no, that's not true. Like I mean, there's just. Uh, don't, don't cut into that because you will be, uh, time and again after scripture, like the, the surprise of who God uses and then the way in which God changes totally. and moves. Kristen, give us, give us a little more. I know that you just got back for some conference season stuff. Um, what, what do you, what's, what's it like Woo! out there? <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us like, I mean, I feel like, uh, if we can be real as we're kind of wrapping up this month of stuff and thinking about the future. The conversation of um, hmm. the treatment of women, the equality of women, hearing from women, the stories of women um, is a, a national and international conversation. Uh, and youth ministers are serving in places that are alongside many women volunteers, 
churches that are composed of many women who are faithful and serving and youth ministries that are populated with lots of young women who are, are in the middle of these conversations and thinking about where they're going to work and who they're going to work for and how they're going to manage and do. Uh, what, what are some ways in which you would guide that and, and strengthen that and encourage um, the ways in which some of the changing um, national conversation about the treatment and listening to women affects uh, a local youth minister? Um, wow. That was, that's a heavy and good question. And, you know, um, I just, when I, I just got done speaking at a women in leadership conference at that our church hosted um, for the first time. And, you know, every time I get off stage, I never know what my conversations are going to be like. And uh, one girl came up to me and said, um, man, she said, I had a conversation about this stuff last night. And based on what you said, I feel like you were there. And she goes, um, I feel like you totally get where I'm at. And she said, but I have to say you're pretty brave to say what you said. And I said, I was, I said, I didn't feel brave. I said, I just, am, you know, this is, this is how I read this and that. And she yeah. said, well, you don't know in a room like this, cause there's about 200 women there. She said, you don't know in a room like this where people land on this kind of stuff. And then it reminded me, kind of snapped me back into reality of like for how far we've come yet still how far we need to go kind of thing. Like, yay, a women in youth ministry or not just youth ministry it's women in ministry in general conference. Wow. What an awesome thing. But you know, what I really feel is that we have not quite caught up with God's word in this area because um, in God's word, uh, leadership is leadership, right? So whether you're a support role, whether you're a leadership role is fine. Both are amazing. You've been called to what you've been called to. They're just not gender specific. Leadership is not gender specific. Neither is support. So um, this other lady comes up to me and says, hey, can you remember the me's next time you speak? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, I've been at my church for 20 years and, um, you know, I've been doing ministry. They won't give me a pastor title, but recently one of the newer pastors wants to give me um, like a like a role over family ministry or something, but it would include a pastor title and the elders like will not hear of it. Like it is just completely off the table. And she said, so, you know, you getting up there and saying like, rah, rah, do ministry. She said, but what about the me's that can't? And I said to her, well, you know, in that case, I mean, you're really not going to, and and here's the thing. I think we have to remember and understand no matter where people fall in this, where you're not going to change anyone's mind. So you just need to know for you the the validation of your call. And if that doesn't line up with the place that you find yourself at, it's probably just time to go. You know, you're not going to change anyone's theological standing on stuff. So it's like, okay, well then if you can't soar and if you want to do some different things that your church isn't allowing and you can't find an outlet for it anywhere else, then if you have a theological difference, I mean, if it were on anything, not just this, then it was, it's probably time to, to peace out there. And so, um, 
you know, I think women fall all over the place. I think there's some that are in churches that are completely affirming and platforming women. You know, we have a church 15 minutes from here that one of their main pastors is a woman. And then, you know, there's the church down the street that um, they can't do anything above children's ministry or, you know, different things like that. So, I think women there is no consensus for them yet but i i know that there is they are still debated over they're still written in comment cards over they're still left the church over they're still um you know one of our girls just got up to do announcements one morning uh mc a service and a guy walked up and left in protest and um but then there's other men who you know it just everyone's all over the place i don't think we've quite landed anywhere and that's why um i truly believe uh someday we're going to look back and say remember when the church was weird about this remember that you know because i think there's so much that god's word speaks on that um, took us a little while to catch up with. Um, and I think this is going to be one of those issues. And when you read God's word, you know, through those different lenses, um, you know, and i never want to change anyone's mind. My thing is, Hey girls, <laughs> just know, um, that you're valid and that your call, um, is is legit. So I think when they when women when I hear them struggling with um a call or a conversation or some pushback the best I can say is just go to God's word because you know my husband always says mm. a, like when we have a student struggling with like the evolution creation thing my husband always says a little bit of science might take you away from God a lot of good science can't do anything but bring you back to God and I feel like that's the same for um, leadership in the church a little bit of scripture and isolated and taken out of context might make you believe in in something and a whole lot of scripture um read intentionally and read well can't do anything but bring you to the heart of God. And the more I study, and that's what Ruth Haley Barton says, she goes, I just don't speak about it anymore. She goes, I just do it. She said, because, and I do it to the best of my ability. Um, because, you know, we, we answer to one authority and, uh, and I think for women, it's it's hard and it's going to continue to be hard. But the encouraging thing is um, we we can look to hundreds of and thousands of examples. And we've highlighted just, you know, a little percentage of them this month. But we can look to these examples of um, women out there who are killing it, who are affirmed by their churches, who are supported and who have people around them um, who's you know, eternities are changed because they answered God's call. So it's a mixed bag, but you know, we're, we're, we're not, it's not over, but you know, they're, we're doing good stuff. All right, Kristen, this conversation is not over. In many ways, it's only beginning. We wanted October to supercharge where we're going next, but in the spirit of a month long initiative into this, uh, give us give us one last encouraging uh, thought as we kind of wrap up October 2018 and start thinking about the next month ahead of us. I think I would go on on Ruth Haley Barton for everybody. Do what you've been called to do and do okay. it to the best of your ability and let that be that. 
do you. Do what God has called you to do. Um, and remember whose authority you're under. And I think that's a supercharge for men and women in the church is whose authority are you under? All right, there you go. That's our thoughtful, insightful wrap up to our women and youth ministry emphasis as we dive into some of our big topics for this winter. Kristen, thank you again always for your wisdom, your grace, and your insight into this topic. If you like what you heard, uh, make sure to check out youthministrybooster.com. We're going to compile all the episodes together at youthministrybooster.com slash women in YM so you can listen to them in any form that you want to digest, binge, or otherwise. Big thanks to all the amazing women that contributed, that were interviewed, and gave time to share their stories, their learnings, and growings in youth ministry. And we'll see you back on the next episode as we talk about honesty in youth ministry. I'm going to show you things you've never seen.